and Laura are trying to get a million dollars to film another film. Amen. So how many can be praying with them that God can do the work? A lot of those people may not have God on their side like he does. Amen. So let's be praying for them. And how many appreciate Chris and Laura and all the work they do for the church? Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Thankful for God bringing them in. Amen. It's such, been so awesome to see how God has just turned them into a mighty couple of God. And, uh, you know, we're going to be coming up uh, in July on our five-year anniversary. Amen. We're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to have a special service and celebrate. But five years ago, God began this church in our living room. And uh, Chris and Laura were there. Laura came to the very, very first Bible study we had in our home. And uh, they've been with us ever since. They've gone through some up and ups and downs since. Amen. The Lord got a hold of them. And they got on fire, more up than down, praise God. And so now they're mightily serving in church. They do all kinds of stuff with the media, obviously. And then they're very involved. Lord, uh, Chris drives the van for us. And Laura does Sunday school and outreach. They do outreach together. They do a lot. So they're a mighty blessing. So uh, get involved like them, amen. Let's all get involved in church and serve the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles back up to the book of Daniel. And I want to finish where I didn't finish this morning. And I want to thank everybody for coming back tonight. You know, this is the special service. The Sunday night is a service I think that God really loves. Amen. Because you know how we joke a lot about the SMOs, the Sunday morning onlys. And when you come back on Sunday night, I think it means something to God. Amen. And so you're, you're the faithful crowd. I also talk that way about the Wednesday nights. And I know we've got a lot of people that have to work in different situations. But when you come back and make an effort, I believe God honors that. Amen. To, to say this is God's day. Many of us have been here since this morning and had meetings all day for different ministries. And we're just trying to serve the Lord. How many know what we do for God is not going in vain? How many have realized that? Amen. It is going to be worth it when it's all said and done. And so we're working in that in that direction. Thank you, Pastor Andrews, for giving that good explanation of the chairs. Can you help us with that? Amen. We all love to eat. I love it. Amen. To eat and drink. But we really need to take care of this, these chairs and uh, keep them nice and clean. So let's just stay on that and help each other out, remind each other um, that we're not going to have anything in this area so they can stay nice and pretty. On the uh, book in Daniel, we're going to read out, but I want to read something to you interesting I thought happened today. Uh, we, we've been talking about favor and, and us making an influence on people. How many really believe tonight that when you begin to walk the way God wants you to walk, he, he puts something on you that can change people? Amen? How many believe that? The Bible says that the shadow of Peter healed people. And maybe you've never walked by someone and got them healed, but maybe your shadow convicts somebody. Maybe your shadow blesses somebody. Maybe your shadow uh, deals with somebody's heart. Amen? And God is doing a great work in our lives, and uh, we've had lots of people over the years donate and give things and for the work of the Lord. And, uh, you know, Paul and Brenda have a minute, uh, 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 business um, called Mansion Miners. A lot of times they get in these houses, and sometimes they'll have stuff in about maybe six months or a year ago, there was some stone in one of these um, houses and the builder or the owner didn't want it. And so we took it and we've had it in our trailer and it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing. But when we went to get the chairs the other day, we had to get all that stone out of there and it was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, thank Donnie for being with me that day, man, and helping me get it out. 
But as we were getting that stone out and stacking it back there, um, we left it there for a couple days, and I took a picture of it, and I said, you know, I got, we got to get this sold. That's the reason it was donated, so we could sell it and use it. And I thought we could use it to put up a wall we need to put back there. So we asked around and said we could get, you know, three or $400 for the stone. It's those really big, I mean, they're huge, two or three feet large white stone. Uh, and so I put it on Craigslist. And so this morning, well, about 12.30 this morning, I got a text from somebody and it said the ad that I put in and it said do you still have it and that's very normal I've sold lots of stuff on Craigslist a matter of fact I sold a vehicle in Costa Rica on Craigslist so I'm not new to Craigslist and I know that you know that a lot of people respond from a lot of different places so I said yes this morning and then I began to get a text back and forth from this area code that's not a, you know a Fort Worth or a Dallas Fort Worth area code although I was told today that there's a lot of new area codes coming out. So I began to talk to the person, and they said, the only way I can pay you is a check. Now, I'm, I wasn't born yesterday, amen, so don't worry. I, I'm not dumb. But I began to think about it and talk back and forth. And obviously, I said, uh, if you, you know, give me, if I cash the check first, then I would release this stuff. And so we went back and forth. And anyways, I was talking to my dad about it, my wife. And, you know, there was a little bit of, of scam there in, in the thought. But I was thinking out all the things. I thought if they... If they came to the church, they didn't, wouldn't know where the stone was, and I was thinking all these different things through. said all that to say this. On the way back to church tonight for the meetings, I, I felt led of the Holy Spirit to send a text back to the guy, and I said, these stones were donated to us by someone in the church so we could sell them for Sunday school material. I didn't need to tell him it was a wall. I just said Sunday school material. Well, I got a text back. Listen to this. And... Here's what the text said. I wanted to scam you before, but when I heard that the money's for church, that's what made me change my mind because I have the fear of God. So I confessed my sin and helped pray to God to forgive me. Amen. So I said, amen, he will forgive you. How exactly were you going to scam us? So he told me. I'm, I'm, he, she, don't matter. I will send a fake check and you cash it. So I said, well, what, what, I've gotten trouble or something? I'm trying to figure out what the criminal mind is, you know. Don't worry now, you are safe because I'm not buying again. I intended to scam you, but I'm not doing this anymore. So not just with us, he's not going to do this anymore. So I said, well, I had a feeling it was a scam. I'm thankful I could help you get right. Do you, know, do you go to church? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Uh, no, I don't go to church. We're very poor in our house. That was what made me want to scam you. But just because I don't want to sin to God and I don't want to rob God, that was what made me confess my sins and I pray God forgives me. I said, ask Jesus to come into your life and be Lord. He died for you. If you give him lordship of your life, he can help you make money the right way. He said, yes, I will do as you say. It's just that I want to leave this country and come to USA to join your church. <laughs> I said, what country are you from? And I, he said, I'm in Nigeria. So you never know what God can do, amen? But the conviction of the Holy Spirit can go through a phone, amen, and touch someone's heart and life. How many want that kind of effect on people, amen, that you could touch their hearts and they could turn around and say, I'm not going to do this. How many would just believe that that person would just turn 100%, find a church where they live, confess Jesus, and just 
Who knows, someday he might walk into this with that address, amen? Huh? Owner of the stone was Nigerian. Wow, that's really crazy. <laughs> amen. Wouldn't that be awesome if he just walked into the church one day and said, hey, remember that scam? Here I am, amen? So let's just be praying for that. I thought that was interesting and neat. So Daniel chapter 5 or 6, I want to read this again. I'm not going to take long tonight, but I did, I did have the Lord speak a few things to me even since this morning that I want to talk about. And we left off around verse 10, and we, for those that weren't here this morning, uh, we were, and those who were in Sunday school and nursery, we were talking about, before we read in verse 10, the first few chapters of chapter, uh, verses of chapter 6. Let's start there again. And read this with me, and I'm going to kind of run through it for, not, for those that heard it this morning. But Daniel is a mighty man of God who's been lifted up from God because of his heart being right. And talked this morning about some of the things that, that God gives us uh, when we do right. And we also talked about some things we'll face. Adversity, a narrow road, and what? Jealousy when we do the things that are right for God. Amen? But Daniel is making good decisions, and he's already placed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in a place of authority, and they passed their test with the fiery furnace and Nebuchadnezzar. And now Daniel is one of the three governors of the, country, of the kingdom that Darius is king over. And Daniel, the Bible says in verse 3, distinguished himself, and I especially want those from nursery and Sunday school and everything to see this verse this morning, because this is the key to the verse and if you're taking notes, I said this this morning, a, uh, the spirit of a follower is what we're talking about. The spirit of a follower. And it says that Daniel distinguished himself above the others. We as people of God should be different from other people. We should be above and not below. We should be a, a, the head and not the tail. Amen? That's God's plan for us. But the reason the Bible says it's not just because I confess Christ. There's something I have to do, and that's have the right spirit in me. And the reason that Daniel was exalted, if you're reading this verse with me, it says in verse 3, is because of his what? Excellent spirit. How many want to have an excellent spirit of the Lord? Amen? And because of his excellent spirit, God blessed him and gave him mighty things. And then they even said that they thought to set him over the whole realm. And if you read through the Bible, I don't know if you've read a lot of stories, but if you remember, God's always taking these people from nowhere and putting them up above everybody else. But before they get up there, they have to go through some storms. I could read off all kinds of stories in the Bible. It's always that way. So tonight, can we remind ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ that here we are today, and down there is where we want to go, but between here and there, we're going to have some battles. And when the battles come, it's just God growing us and strengthening us and getting us to where he wants us to go. So Daniel uh, is, is doing right, and then we see in verse 4 that jealousy comes, and all these other leaders begin to go into Darius, and they say, let's make a new decree, kind of like they did with Nebuchadnezzar. They built that golden altar, that golden uh, image, and they said this. They said, well, the only way we're going to get Daniel, and I want you to think about this, the only way we're going to get Daniel is if we catch him in his God stuff. That's what they said, basically. We've got to catch him in church we got to catch him. We can't catch him in anything else. He's a godly person. We're not going to catch him in the bar. It's basically what they're saying. 
We're not going to catch him in the strip joint. We're not going to catch him in the casino. We got to catch him on his ground. And so they said, let's hit him where it hurts. And we, let's make a decree that, you, that nobody can pray to anybody but you for 30 days. That's the decree. And so this goes in and Darius puts his signature on it. And the king establishes it in writing that nobody can change the law. And it does, if anybody does it, says if anybody prays to any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, verse 7, they should be cast into the den of lions. And many have heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Amen? Not who in the lion's den? David. That's right. Because a few weeks ago, David was in the lion's den too. Amen? I got those names twisted. So he says these things. And then here's what I want you to get. This is where we are, are at tonight. Dave, Daniel, sorry, I almost said David. There, here's, here's the adversity part. So this morning I said jealousy, adversity, and what was the other one? Help me because I don't have those notes from this morning. Narrow road, thank you. Jealousy, adversity, in a narrow road. So the, adverse, the jealousy is those people are saying we need to set up Daniel. The adverse, adversity is what he's facing now. And the narrow road is he's got to make a choice. I got to stay on the narrow road or I choose the wide road for a minute. And sometimes he could say, well, I'm just going to take a break for 30 days and not do it. And that's what I was kind of joking about this morning. We come into summer and say, I'm going to take the summer off and get back on this in, in October. Between here and the summer being over, you can get way out of whack. So now he's faced with adversity. And we're going to start off in verse 10, if you're there, in Daniel chapter 6. And Daniel knew that the writing was signed. And he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And watch this. As was his custom since his early days. Now, this is what I want you to get tonight. This is what the Lord spoke to me this afternoon between services. Is This is the angle I want you to get tonight. We as people are very good at seeking the Lord in trouble. When bad things happen, how many remember 9-11? Man, the churches were full. Me and Dad are always talking about this. What is it going to take to get this nation back on their knees? It's going to take a tragedy. It's going to take something horrible. We are so good at following to, falling to our knees when things are bad. And we are so good as people to, you know, you can talk to people that don't even believe in God and somehow they'll pray when something, oh, God, help me. Oh, let, how many times have you seen on TV when a tragedy happens? You know those celebrities and actors and athletes and all those people, they don't care nothing about God, but let's pray. I always say let's pray. Everybody wants to go pray when there's a need. All of a sudden, there's a God. So that's what we're good at doing. We're good at finding a place to pray when everything's bad. Here's the nugget. Find a place to pray every day. Find a place to pray in the good. Establish an excellent spirit of consistency in a prayer life. Don't pray just when it gets bad. Pray when it's good. Don't pray just on Sundays. Pray Monday and Thursday and Friday. Don't pray just when there's sickness and disease and you need a raise and your finances are bad. Pray when you've got money in the bank and your body feels good. Set up a, dis a discipline in your life to seek the Lord. 
I don't know if you're noticing, that's what Daniel was doing. Daniel was told, you cannot pray anymore. So all Daniel did was go and do what he does every day. He didn't change. It didn't say he prayed harder. It didn't say he prayed more. It says, read it again with me, verse 10. He went home in his upper room, and I love this, with his windows open. It means he could have easily you know, said, God, I'm going to still pray to you, but I'm going to shut the windows. I don't want anybody to hear. I, you know I'm praying to you, God, but I don't, I, don't want him to get, I don't want him to know. He didn't change anything. How many are getting that? He didn't change anything in the good from the bad. He stayed the same. A sign of a follower of Jesus Christ is somebody who's consistent. How many know it's easy to follow somebody who's consistent? But if you're trying to follow somebody who's always up and down, it's hard. And God is looking for an excellent spirit in us. It doesn't matter mean we don't have bad days. It doesn't matter mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean we don't lack. It doesn't mean we don't cry. It means that through all of that, our spirit stays excellent. So he does what he always do. Look at these key words. He knelt down three times, which means he had an established time to pray. My wife, my family, me, I know the only way I'm going to get my prayer in is if I get out of the house. I got to leave the house. I come up here and I pray and my dad knows ever since I've got saved, that's been my, I got to get out and I got to go wherever I went to church, whether it was in Arizona, here in, in Texas, over in Costa Rica, I always made it a habit to come to church. That's why the church is always open for prayer. I got to get out of my house. I got to get out of my distractions and I got to come find a place to pray. And that was before I was a pastor. I understand I've got to set a time to pray. I've got to spend time with the Lord. I've got to make an appointment with God. Hello? You've got to make an appointment for exercise. You've got to make an appointment for anything you do. Why would we not need to do it for prayer? More. Set a time apart. And so we're seeing that Daniel was a man of prayer. And we're seeing that Daniel had a consistency because look what it says. He prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. So he did not in the midst of a trial. How many could say that that's probably the greatest trial he ever had to that moment? His life is in danger. He is being told he's going to be eaten alive. And he says, if you pray, that's where you're going. And obviously at that time of his days, that was very common. Just like later on in Jesus' time, it was very common to crucify. Whatever it was. back, And then before that, it was burning, being burned alive. There was some way. Today it could be torture. So today it could be thrown in prison. Whatever it is that's the custom of the time, that was what was going on. And Daniel knew, I, I, I am facing adversity. I've got to make a choice. And I want to be, I can't speak for you, but I want to be like Daniel that says, in the midst of problems, or like that song said this morning at the altar call, on the mountain or in the valley, I'm going to stay the same. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Amen? I have decided to follow Jesus, I'm not turning back. And we see here that he does what he always does. And then it says in verse 11, the men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And then to break down the rest of the verses, he goes and they tell the king in the 10, 11, or 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and they come to him and Daniel has to do, or sorry, Darius has to do what Darius has to do. Look at verse 16. 
So the king gave the command. Darius liked Daniel. He had favor with Darius. And they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. And watch what the king said. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. That king knew Daniel's God. Not personally, he was a fan. But he knew his God and he knew he would bring him out. And that kind of reminded me of what I read on Wednesday night when we were in Daniel chapter 3. And I focused a lot on that message of the verse when uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar said to, Dan, uh, to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Remember that verse? He said, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? And for those of you that weren't here, the question for us tonight is, do we know the God who will deliver us from his hands? Do we truly know who is the person who will save us from our problems? Is it something we run to that's kind of a mystery? Or do we really know God? Do we have a faith? Do we have a resilience in us that says, God, in the midst of trial, I'm going to stand. And when I've done all to stand, I'm going to stand some more. Because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. Amen. I know that I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. I know that when the enemy comes in like a flood, my God is going to lift up a standard against him. Amen. If I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. If I walk through the water, I will not drown. Do you know who your God is? We better know who he is. And know that he can deliver us tonight from whatever we go through. So he says those words. I know that God's going to set you free. And then it says in 17, a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own ring. And the purpose, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. The king went to his palace, verse 18, and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, look at this, continually been able to deliver you from the lions. Did you realize what you just read? That man had faith. Sometimes the unbelievers have more faith than the followers of Jesus Christ. This man fasted. He wasn't a, he wasn't a follower. He was a fan, this man. He knew of Daniel's God, but he knew so much of him, and he knew that he was right, and he knew that Daniel was a man of an excellent spirit, that he prayed and fasted. He didn't know who he was praying and fasting to, but he prayed and fasted. Sometimes that's why the world flourishes, because they understand giving and praying and fasting better than we do. Come on. They don't know who they're praying to, but they understand the principle. And they got it, and he prayed, but he had faith because he ran to Daniel. And there was something in him that said, you know what? I think this guy's alive. He's probably not dead. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone quick. He would have taken a while. But he got there quick and asked, Are you, was your God able to save you? He expressed faith. And then Daniel says in verse 21, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent before him. 
And also, King, I've done no wrong before you. Write this down in your notes. Right will always come out right. Even in the face of adversity, even in the midst of trial, right will come out right. Look at the person next to you, pinch them, tell them wake up, and tell them God's going to touch you tonight. Come on, I can't hear you. God's going to touch you tonight. It's Sunday night. It's a thousand degrees outside. It's humid, and you're half asleep. Amen. Don't miss out on God tonight. Amen. You got here. You might as well get something out of it. Amen. It's good to have our brothers from the Congo here tonight. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Make sure they feel welcome tonight. Amen. Y es bueno tener los hermanos atrás también. Ahí visitando también. Amen. God is doing a work in people's lives and he says, God, he says, God or King, I'm innocent. I'm done. I'm good. And the King was exceedingly glad. Now watch this. Verse 24. And the king gave the command. But before I read this, do you, ever, do you ever worry about when God's going to take care of the enemy? Do you ever think, man, when, when are they going to pay? They're going to pay. Amen. Those that have done wrong, those that have treated you wrong, those that have cursed God, we wonder sometimes, God, when? Why don't you strike them down? Where were we going? Me and Paul and my dad and Donnie were driving to get them chairs, and we were joking about why the tornado didn't take out the triple X-rated building on the side of the road. We're wondering, why didn't take that out? Amen. Then dad had a good thought. They'd use the insurance and buy a new one, a better one. Amen. So he leaves it alone because it was ugly. Right? You wonder sometimes why God doesn't just strike people dead. In the Old Testament, he did. He didn't waste a whole lot of time. But in the New Testament, we, we are in the grace period, so it don't mean it's not going to happen. It just doesn't happen in front of our eyes. Right comes out right, and wrong will pay. Amen? Believe that tonight. Stand upon that tonight. It says in verse 24, and the king gave the command and brought those men. Remember in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the guys that put them in the fire all died and burned up by the fire. It was so hot. And we see here that he says, bring those men who accused Daniel. Anybody that accuses you, let them accuse you. Let them talk about you. Let them mock you. Let them make fun of you. You serve God. You keep an excellent spirit. You love them. The Bible says you love them and you heap coals of burning hot coal upon their head when you love on them. Amen. Love your enemies. He says, get them in here. And he says, cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children and their wives. I do feel bad for the children and the wives that have to suffer too because of the bad choices of those men. And the lions overpowered them, look at this, and broke all their bones in pieces before they even got to the bottom of the den. Pretty explicit, the Bible. You know why the mothers and the children had to die too? Because that rebellion had to die couldn't be any children that would make it they 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 were innocent but that could have kept on amen god always takes care of the seed so f- finish with me in this and then i'm going to close with 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 something for for our vision of our church verse 25 king darius wrote to all the peoples the nations the languages that dwell on the earth peace be multiplied to you i make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble 
and fear before the Lord God of Daniel. For he is the living God, steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall endure to the end. Let me tell you who knows better than anybody tonight about the kingdom that cannot be destroyed. It's the devil. He knows that, his ki- that, that God's kingdom cannot be destroyed. The problem is his people don't. Let me just say that again. I think you might have missed that. I think a couple people got it. The devil knows what the end result is. The devil knows that he can't beat God. The devil knows he cannot defeat Jesus. The devil knows what his end result is. But the church doesn't sometimes. We don't know it. We don't walk in it. We don't preach it. We don't believe it. We don't stand on it. Amen? We need to start standing on the promises of God and know what the end result is of our faith. The only reason he keeps fighting and lying is because he's trying to deceive us. So that we don't stand on the promise. So that we don't face the fire and get the blessing that comes on the other side of the fire. He begins to say who God is and his dominion, the Bible says, shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Sounds like a preacher. Who who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So why does God let me go through something tonight? So his name will be exalted. So we can come through the fire unscathed. So we can walk through and the people say, how in the world did you do that? And we say, we didn't. God did. And we give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And then his name is magnified and exalted. When we have an excellent spirit, that's what God does. God is using, think about what Pastor Andrew said at the offering this morning about that basket. We are the vessel. He's just trying to get his word forward and he's using us as vessels. And we have to stay the course. We have to stay in the fight. We talked Wednesday night about not quitting. As long as you don't throw the towel in, you cannot lose. Amen. As long as you stay in the fight, you cannot lose this battle. Amen. Because if God is for us, Who can be against us? And look at this last verse. And Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. So how many want to prosper tonight? Let me just see if I... ¿Cuántos quieren prosperar en esta noche? I got to start throwing a few Spanish words in every once in a while for these poor people looking at me like, did he say Dairy Queen or Brahms? Amen. How many want to prosper? Okay, I do too. And God wants us to. But the prosperity is on the other side of the fire. We got to go through the fire. We got to go through the flame. We got to go through the battle. We got to go through the trial. Why? Because to prosper, we have to be stripped. To prosper, we have to get rid of all the things in our life that don't need to be there. Amen? God's stripping us of things, and he's testing our faith, and he's seeing where our faith is. But the key tonight is this. I've seen it in my own life. If I have an established prayer life, and I make sure I get on my face and pray, and and make sure I spend time with the Lord every day, I know that that day, I can't talk about the next day, or next week, but I know that that day that I spent time with God, my battles are already won. And all I have to do is walk them out. But if I didn't pray that day and I didn't prepare for the battle, that battle's gonna shake me. 
Amen? If we'll get into a life of consistent prayer, if we'll get into a time of saying, I need to read the word, I need to pray, I need to keep an excellent spirit, I need to do the, I need to be blameless. Here's the five things from this morning. Blameless, faithful, an excellent spirit, a consistent life and a prayer life. If I work on those things, I can have the favor of Daniel. I can have the favor of Esther. But we cannot have the blessings of God without the battle. There is a false, listen, there is a false doctrine being preached today about the prosperity of God and it's just jacked up the whole church world because the church world thinks God doesn't want us to be prospered. That's a lie. That's not the part. They've, they've messed it up so bad that the Christians think that that's wrong, being prospered. The teaching is wrong. They show that there's no sacrifice and no p- price to be paid and nothing to be done on our part to be prospered. But every time I see in the Bible somebody prospering, they had to go through a fire first. They had to go through a battle first. They had to have their faith tested in the little so that God could say, I'll give you much. And the false teaching is you just send in your money and God will send you a blessing. It's not that easy. That's cheapening the grace of God. God says, you have some faith and you do what I ask you to do, line upon line, precept upon precept, and I'll give you the favor of the land. I'll give you everything your heart desires. I'll give you more than you've asked for if you'll just stand in the fire. And I'll make it quick if you'll have a right heart and an excellent spirit. God will bring you through. Moses couldn't follow God without standing first in front of Pharaoh. He could not get those people out of Egypt. Wouldn't it have been good for Moses to set the people free without having to stand in front of Pharaoh? Wouldn't that have been easy? You know that Noah could not have seen the promise of the word of God without having to actually build the ark. Wouldn't it have been cool if he could have done an I dream a genie and the ark was built? Noah, he had to build it. He had to physically sweat and get out there and build that ark to have the prosperity to to walk in God's plan. And Daniel could not follow God by just praying to him. He had to go into the lion's den. I don't know about you, but I would have been like, God, you saw me pray. It's kind of like Jesus. Can I I pass through the the whole lion's den thing? Can we do it a different way? You saw me praying, Lord. Does that mean I get out of it? How many know sometimes we do things thinking we're going to get out of it? And we don't have to walk through it? But how many have walked through some things and seen it's not so bad? That's why David could say this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For my God is with me. My rod and my staff, they comfort me. David knew who his God was. That's why we can face the enemy. That's why we can speak those things that are not as though they were. That's why Jesus, and I'm going back a little bit to the beginning where he said, for this reason was I born to come and die. Amen. Tonight as we close, and I'm going to ask the musicians to come. I'm telling you, I don't say it a lot, but every once in a while, the Lord speaks to me clearly. And I'm telling you, the best 
that God has for this church is around the corner. The best is yet to come. God has seen the things we've been through. And notice I didn't say this this morning. I'm saying it to you tonight on Sunday night. The SMOs missed this one. Amen. The best is yet to come. God has seen everything we've gone through. Amen. He's seen all the struggles, all the trials. He's seen the consistency of our church. He's seen people that have stayed the course. And when all kinds of wide roads have opened up, we've stayed on the narrow. We're preaching the gospel. We're doing what's right. We're praying. We're fasting. We're giving. We're walking in holiness. We're trying to follow the Lord. And God says, hey, guess what? Them chairs you're about to put out, I'm going to fill them up. I'm going to fill them all up. I'm going to fill them all up. That's what the Lord's telling me. I'm going to fill those chairs up. I'm going to give this church to the desires of their hearts because they've stayed faithful. He's not just giving us new chairs to look pretty. He's giving us chairs to fill them with souls. How many will pray with me and believe with me that now, right now, is the time to work like we've never worked? Pray like we've never prayed. Evangelize like we've never evangelized. Preach like we've never preached. Do what we've never done before and do it better than we've ever done it before so God can bring in a harvest of souls from countries all over the world. Amen? So we can make an impact. God says, I'm seeing your consistency. I'm seeing your consistency. I'm seeing your heart. Week after week, service after service, you come, you give, you serve, you do, I'm here. I see it. I'm telling you, like I said, those things are far and few in between. I wish the Lord spoke to me every other minute like some people. I wish he spoke to me that much. But it makes when he does speak to me all that better. I'm going to fill those chairs up. You just keep doing what you're doing. And keep an excellent spirit. Love these people. And build these people. You know, I'm going to say this jokingly tonight because this is the Sunday night crowd. We've helped about two churches start churches here in Denton, Texas. And only the people that need to know what that means know what that means. Amen. We've started two churches in Denton, Texas. We've helped build them up and they've gone out. Amen. God's going to give us back. Do you believe that? God's going to give us back. We've kept a right heart. We've loved the Lord. And he sees the work. And he's going to prosper us. He's going to build us up. And and nothing's going to tear it down. Amen. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word.